Good morning on this Thursday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. For all of those that are out there listening, and uh, it's Thanksgiving today, and you have the opportunity to hear the podcast today. I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, enjoy the day. It is a time truly to be grateful for everything that God has done. God is good. God is great. And God is holy. And because of that, we thank Him for His goodness, praise Him for His greatness, and worship Him because He's a holy God. As we continue today, and if you joined us yesterday, we're still picking up here in the book of Luke uh, concerning Jesus saying, I, I give you power. But I want to back up a little bit and explain that in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, there's a lot of uh, animal figures or creatures that are used to identify the the enemy, whether it's Leviathan, uh, whether it's snake, serpent, asp, uh, or whether it's a scorpion, uh, whether it's a dragon. All, all of these creatures that are mentioned identify certain characteristics of our enemy. We are at war with him. Jesus has won the war, but we're at war with him on a daily basis in battles that ensue because he still continues to want to refuse to accept his defeat. And because of that, he'll use many, many things which we as believers have to learn what are the devil's devices, his strategies, and what are God's devices and strategies uh, in the life of the believer through the Holy Spirit. So throughout the New and Old Testament, we're going to find uh, riddled with these creatures identifying the enemy. Jesus is identified as a lamb. He's also identified as the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the real lion. Uh, Jesus is identified as the strong man, the greater one, coming to bind uh, the the enemy, the, the devil in this case. So as we look at it, let's once again consider these creatures. It says in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent... Now, if you go back to the book of Numbers, we actually find there concerning this event. As Moses lifted up the serpent, it was during the time when the children of Israel had been uh, complaining and murmuring, uh, wanting to stone Moses or kill him because of uh, lack of water, lack of food being out there. And because of that, the protection that was around them was lifted up and the people began to get stung uh, or bit by, by snakes. And it was bad enough that the people were dying up until this point. They had been protected out there in the desert from all these wild creatures and beasts and animals and things. Uh, so so uh, the Lord tells Moses, I want you to make a brazen serpent which in the Old Testament, uh, this is something of a, of a bit of a, of a, of a, 
of a twist and a turn. Some identify brazen as brass and others identify it as copper. And depending on when these metals were in existence depends on really what was being used. But anyway, uh, he makes this serpent. You, you stop and think about it. Wait a minute. Why are we supposed to look at a serpent on a pole? And if you look at it and hold on to that belief, uh, you will be healed. And they were healed if they looked at that brazen serpent. So when we come to the New Testament, we find that Jesus says in John 3.14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, our life, apart from Christ, is truly a wilderness. And then when we do come to Christ, we continue to walk through many wildernesses or times of a wilderness in our lives where only the bare necessities are used. And when I say that, stop and think about a person living or walking or going through wilderness. In the wilderness, you're not going to be caring all your luggage, all the different clothes, all the different things, household items, all the artifacts that one has uh, uh, either found or bought or stored up for so many years. In the wilderness, the bare necessities, food, water, shelter, something to keep you warm at night, something to keep the heat off you during the day, and food and water. You're not going to be concerned with a stereo system or your car or your house or uh, any other thing is going to be of importance. The more you have to carry, the more that it's going to be a burden on you. So we're stripped down to the bare necessities. And in the wilderness, it is where we continue to look at that brazen serpent. It represents Christ according to the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 5, we see where that is identified, how clearly it is made out to us that Jesus truly was that serpent that was going to be put on that pole. Not so much that he was a, certain, uh, a serpent, as much as he became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. And uh, as we look at that scripture clearly in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For he, God, has made him to be sin. And of course, the to be is added in there by the translators, or we could just read it as, And God has made him sin. Not that he sinned himself. But he took upon himself the sin of the world, and God had made him sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So when we look at that pole in the wilderness as the Israelites did during their time, 
is talking about looking at Christ hanging on that cross. Remembering the work that he has done. And that is the emphasis that we have been making these past few uh, teachings. The work that he has accomplished and how he defeated the enemy totally and completely. And we are too, as believers, enforce that work through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the authority of the name of Jesus, the use of the blood of Christ, uh, prayer, intercession, all of these things to push the enemy back or to enter into his territory and uh, regain that which had been lost, find and seek that which had been taken by the enemy and bring the captive free, set them free, open the blind eyes. So as we continue reading, as Moses lifted up, just how Moses lifted, how big that thing was, we do not know. But we do know this somewhere between four to 500 years later in the book of Second uh, Kings or Kings, we wind up finding that, that brazen serpent still being worshipped by the Israelites. Of course, at this time, they had made it an idol. And we cannot make an idol of the physical cross. But we must recognize the work that was accomplished in and on that cross for us. So when we look at John, at Luke uh, ten eighteen, And Jesus said to them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So he was defeated. Defeated how? By the work of the cross of Christ. Now Jesus is able to tell the disciples, Behold, I give unto you power to thread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by shall any means hurt you. Now yesterday I had made mention that uh, in the heavens, according to uh, Genesis 1.14, the constellations that are up there in the beginning were given as a sign, not just for lights, but they were given as a sign uh, to point the way as to what God was going to do in the redemption of man. And I had made mention that we start off at Virgo, the virgin birth of Christ and everything that takes place. Him growing up and going to the cross and uh, paying the penalty for our sins. And then we see uh, in uh, Libra, the balance how that he paid the total and complete uh, a price by making atonement, by the pouring out of his soul. And then we continue. And as you continue in each of these constellations, you see the battle that is ensuing. And in the scripture, uh, when we get to the, to the, to, well, I'm, I'm actually going to say in the, in the, in the constellations, when we get to the next one, we find that he is holding, and, and, and this individual is holding, and, and only because it's hard for me to even try to pronounce what the name is or are, but it's uh, O-P-H-I-U-C-H-U-S, off, I can't even pronounce it. Well, this individual that has been named is crushing with one foot the head of the scorpion and with the 
other foot he is being he is trying to be stung by the scorpion but yet with both hands he has a serpent in his hand that is after the crown now in Isaiah chapter uh, chapter uh, uh, 14 verse 12 we learned that the individual angel that was called Lucifer created as a as, as a as a created being uh, said in his heart that he would be like God. He would ascend to the throne. He would be above. He would do all these things. He has been after that crown since the very beginning. But that crown has been reserved for one and only one to be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that's Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now, as the serpent is being held, we find then also in the other uh, 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 signs of, of, of these constellations, we find these battle ensuing and how there is brought not only uh, through the death of the cross and, and his resurrection, how he overcomes uh, having had the, the dual nature of being 100% man and 100% God, which when you think about it, either a thing is 100% or 50-50, but Jesus was 100% man, and he was 100% God. And today he is the man that is seated in heaven as our mediator to mediate between man and God. He is called the man, meaning he is still 100% man in his physical body, that has been translated and transformed, and yet he is still God at the same time. Well, as you stop and consider this, he has already accomplished and defeated his enemy. He is seated at the right hand of God because it's a work that is done. And that is why he was promised, according to the book, uh, uh, according to the Old Testament scriptures, he was promised that he would have his enemies under his feet. Uh, Psalm 110, verse 1, a Psalm of David. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. And the Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Verse 3. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power, in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. Now, that entire psalm there uh, talks about Melchizedek and talks about uh, the Lord, uh, you, you're at my right hand, you're going to strike through uh, the kings in that day uh, with your wrath. You're also going to judge among the heathen. And he's going to fill the places. In other words, he is going to vanquish his enemies at the very end. And when he does, he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet, which is his church, his body. Well, once again, have a happy Thanksgiving. The Lord richly bless you. Keep looking up. Consider this food for thought and for the imagination. Until we meet again on Friday, the Lord richly bless you. Amen.